Hello, welcome to the next in my series of studies in John's Gospel, looking at living in Jesus. I had an email this morning, a strange email. That's not unusual for me to get strange emails, but the email that I received today, which is Tuesday, the 24th of May, as we're recording this, it said, Happy Aldersgate Day. Now, if you're like me, you have no idea what Aldersgate Day is. I've never heard of Aldersgate Day, let alone wishing anybody a happy Aldersgate Day. So I Googled it. And it's a day in the Methodist church calendar. It's the day in which, uh, the, the day that, that John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist movement, had an encounter with God through his Holy Spirit. He was already a vicar and he was at the church called Aldersgate when he had a profound experience of Jesus. And he described it in this way. He said, I felt I did trust in Christ, Christ alone for my salvation. And an assurance was given me that he had taken away my sins, even mine, and saved me from the law of sin and death. He has an experience of complete understanding of who Jesus is, and he feels him by his Holy Spirit. This links in with what we were looking at today and what I was preparing when I was wished happy Aldersgate Day. John chapter 14, Jesus is about to die. Within a matter of hours, he will have left the disciples, but he wants them not to be anxious or worried. He tells them that another helper, another one who's going to draw alongside them is coming, the Holy Spirit. We've looked at that in our previous studies. Uh, And he says, but this will be different because the Spirit will live with you and be in you. He said in our last talk that he is leaving them, but they're not going to be orphans. They're not going to be uh, fatherless. And it's though he has been a father to them, uh, but that is not how they're going to feel when he's gone. He says that that they will live and that he's going to rise and that because he lives, they also will live. In our last study, we looked at living this life uh, of joy-filled living and what that means as in now, and also what it means in the future. What is the life that Jesus wants us to live? And so we're going to pick it up in John 14, 20. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father and you are in me. There's a unity to God. And uh, the, the role of the Father and of Jesus and of the Spirit, they're all fulfilling each other, all doing the same things of enabling us to know this one God. On that day, you realize that I am in my Father and you are in me and I am in you. And I want to ask four questions about that. What is being in Jesus? What does that mean? And what is Jesus in us? And how is that different from us being in him? And how can we continue to be in Jesus? And how can we allow Jesus to be in us? So that's where we're going to go. And we're going to look at that over the next five or seven minutes or so. So what is being in Jesus? He says, you are in me. Well, it's a thing about status. It's about saying that we belong. We are here in God because we have been saved. There's an incredible privilege. It's a remarkable statement to say you are in me. It's as if we are holy. It's as if we are perfect. It's as if we are righteous. That's not coming from us. That's something that God has given us. It's a status of being good that we don't earn or have by natural right, but he bespoke those on us by his rising from the dead and him taking 
our sin on the cross. And because of this, our destiny is secure. When we are in God, we will ultimately end in heaven with him and live eternally in this joy-filled life with him. That's our destiny. And it's safe because we are in God and it's held for us in God. And we belong We belong to God. We belong in him. We're not imposters. We're not outsiders. We're not strangers. He says, you're in me. It's an incredibly inclusive and inviting and welcoming and affirming statement. We matter to God. We belong. You're in me. And not only is there a status thing going on here, but there is also a unity of the heart. In other words, that when we're in God, we, we see things the same way as him. We have, we, we're drawn towards the having the feelings that he has. And, and when we're in God, we look at the world the, the same way that he does. And there's a desperation, therefore, to see love transform our broken, damaged, and hurting world. When we're in God, we feel what he feels when we weep over the nations. We cry out for people to return to him and to live the life of love and unity and harmony that he intended for mankind. And we weep over the loss because we're in God. We're feeling what he feels. We feel the pain that he sees of uh, lives rejecting him and turning away and being broken. And there is not only a unity of heart creating the same feelings of God, but there is a unity of heart which creates the same goals. When we are in God, we want the same things as him. We want the redemption, the restoration, the salvation of humanity uh, and of uh, all mankind. We want to see a broken and lost uh, people recover and find him and be saved. And not only that, but the redemption of creation. So he says, you are in me. You are part of me. You are feeling what I'm feeling. You, are, uh, you belong within me. And then he says, and I am in you. And that's kind of bringing a slightly different emphasis. It means that he is changing us from within. Because we may say, well, I, I want to be in God, but I don't feel that I am. Well, he comes into us to change us. And he begins, as he's present within us, by his Holy Spirit, by the advocate, he begins to give us an awareness of when we're not loving. And we begin to see things differently. We begin to have our conscience pricked. We begin to feel a sense that we're not doing everything that we could do and should do. And we discover a compassion for the lost is growing within us. And then we find prompts to act and we see situations and we find words forming in our mind that we should say and things that we should do, and messages that we should send and acts that we should do. And God is within us. He's transforming our mind. He's transforming our heart. And he's making us into what he wants us to be. And not only is he doing that, but he's giving us a resilience to continue and an inner strength when we face face setbacks, when it's difficult, when others would perhaps be critical and we're tempted to give up. And lastly, and we looked at this when we, we talked about this a few weeks ago, but the similar idea is this idea that when the spirit of Jesus is in us, when he says, I am in you, we have a supernatural effectiveness. 
our words are heard in a different way by people. Our actions are received in a different way by people. It's like the little boy who gave the five loaves and the two fishes to Jesus, and it's multiplied to feed 5,000. So when Jesus is within us, our words have a supernatural effect. Our actions have a supernatural effect. He transforms the offering of our lives to make a difference in our society, to redeem and restore and repair a broken world. So he says, you are in me. I will be in you and I in you. So how can we continue to be in God? How can we make sure that we're living in that light, in that presence, in that status? I want to suggest a number of things, that it's a continual conversation that we're continually talking to God and saying, and seeking and reminding ourselves that we are with him. And it's something that we proactively do. We seek time to be still and to talk to him and to listen to him and to hear his voice. It's continued repentance, continually seeking the washing and cleansing of the things within our lives that are not worthy of us being in God. It's a continual breathing in of Scripture, of allowing ourselves to be rooted in what he's saying to us, of letting his, the Word of God transform us by knowing what he is saying. We want to be in God. We're in God by seeking him in conversation, by seeking his uh, cleansing, by breathing in his Word, and by breathing out acclamation and, and talking uh, out loud what, who God is. It means to declare his goodness, to proclaim his majesty, it, whether that's in spoken form or in, or in singing or in some other way, to say, Lord, you are good, you are faithful, you are mercy. We speak it out. We stay in God by reminding ourselves of the truths of who God is and by speaking that out. And lastly, we stay in God with an attitude of thanksgiving and of gratitude, of looking for the things that he's doing. Complaint and grumbling are the things that remove us and take us out of being in God. Lack of cleansing, lack of breathing in scripture. These are the things that rob us of the presence of God. So he says, you're in me. And we continue that in these ways. But how then can we allow Jesus to be in us? I want to suggest that we do that through invitation. We say, Lord, will you come into my life? And as we invite him in, we surrender. We say, here's my life. Come in and let your goals, your agenda, your values be the values that shape and determine all that I do, all that I spend my money on, all that I worship. And that leads to a life of obedience where we seek to do what God asks of us and we seek to um, follow the prompts of his voice within. And we renounce what is incompatible with that living. We get rid of the things that Jesus can't live with or won't share us with. We get rid of the, the worship of other idols, whether it's self or materialism or family or power or wealth. We renounce that which is not of Jesus. And we allow us to say, come in and take over my life. And we seek to be with him. We seek after him. And how do we seek to be with him? 
well, we've just talked about it. It's through that continued conversation. It's through that continued repentance. It's through that continued breathing in of Scripture, that continued speaking out of declaring the goodness and truth of God and that continued thanksgiving. So our questions for reflection before I want to lead us in a prayer which will be on the screen. First question, how are we seeking to be in Christ? He says, look, I will come and be in you and you will be in me, but how are we cooperating with that? How are we joining in with that? How are we ensuring that we're not resisting it or fighting it or neglecting it? And how are we allowing Christ to be in us? How are we receiving him? How are we letting him be all that he wants to be in our lives, to transform us from the inside out? Lots of us will know the fruit of the Spirit, the, the, the things that the Holy Spirit produces in us, outlined in Galatians 5, and 23. I want to invite you to say this prayer with me. Repeat it after me or read it off the screen. That just invites Jesus within us by his spirit to produce his fruit within us. Let's pray together. Jesus, fill me. Fill me that I may love and transform your world. Fill me that I may have your joy and display your glory. Fill me that I may have your peace and bring your presence to those I am near. Fill me that I may be patient and model your grace. Fill me that I may be kind and bring hope. Fill me that I may be good and live justly. Fill me that I may be faithful and stay close to you. Fill me that I may be gentle and bind up the brokenhearted. Fill me that I may be self-controlled and resist temptation. Holy Spirit, fill me. Amen.